and welcome to yet another episode of the Pets at Home Puppy Podcast. And this is kind of a part two of the Frequently Asked Questions episode that we did last time with Dr. Samantha Butler-Davis from Vets for Pets. And we had so many questions come in from our Puppy and Kitten Club, the VIP Puppy and Kitten Club at Pets at Home, and also the Wagging Tail Facebook group, which I advise you all to go and join as a new puppy owner because it's brilliant. You get loads of advice, in particular from Sam, who I've just mentioned, and also my wonderful guest today, who is the brilliant Claire North, who is the Head of Training and Behaviour at North Canine Training, which is a lovely dog training company up in the beautiful Yorkshire. Hello, Claire. Hi there. Thanks for joining us again. So as I mentioned up top just a minute ago, all these questions I'm going to bombard you with today, mate, are all the questions that have been posed to us from our customers, members of the VIP Puppy and Kitten Club at Pets at Home, and then also the Wagging Tail Facebook group. So we had so many, we had more than enough for one episode. So we've cut this FAQ episode in half and saved all the behavioural questions and training questions for you. Are you ready to be hit with the said questions, Clenor? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, hit me. I'm ready. So let me kick off with a nice, easy one. Why does my puppy move away when I pet their head? Okay, so dogs do not enjoy the area there of their head being touched at all, really. It's vulnerable, so they can't see what's going on, so it can come as a bit of a surprise. And they don't really have, if you think about it, if something would grab them up there, the dog can't really do anything about it, yeah? yeah. So it's quite a vulnerable area. It's around the ears, it's around the back of their neck, this kind of area. So, yeah, that's not a dog thing. Patting the dog on the top of the head, they dislike it a lot. So I wonder why it's just such, it's sort of stuck in our culture of like, you know, whenever it's in, it's in films, it's cartoons, it's everything. You're always sort of like patting a dog on the head is, is why is it such a thing? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think maybe just because it's the nearest bit to us when we, yeah. when we put our hand down to the dog, the first thing that you come to is the top of the head. So when you are greeting a dog, you want to think more about stroking the underneath of their chin or their chest to start with. Um, I mean, obviously, if it's your own dog and you've got a lot of trust, you can probably stroke the top of their head a little bit more comfortably. Yeah. Um, but certainly a dog that you don't know, I would not. There's also potentially a thing around when you would go in to pat the dog on the top of the head, you're also staring at the dog. And eye contact is a little bit um, of conflict for some dogs. So not all dogs are comfortable with direct eye contact from people. So you sort of staring at the dog, patting it on the top of the head. And, and to quite a lot of dogs, that's quite, it could be confrontational. It could be a bit off-putting. So yeah, it's, it's not the best way to greet a dog. Okay, good advice. Thank you very much. Why does my puppy circle the bed before going to sleep? Oh, so really, he's probably trying to get the optimum amount of comfort. And so, so all dogs sleep differently, right? So some are like spreading out and they're upside down, the legs everywhere. And some would like to curl up. So you normally see the ones that circle are trying to get the tightest possible pretzel, basically, making himself into a little pretzel. Aww. So, yeah, the circling, it's about kind of nasty comfort getting comfortable type behavior they usually do it when they're going to head into the corner of something so corner of the sofa or corner of the bed 
I have three dogs and one of them, he does this to lay down and he's got like quite a large circular bed and he would do this and like he almost wedges himself in the corner. (laughs) I know it's cute. He does look like a little pretzel all curled up. Uh, my, 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 mine basically tunnels. My Jack Russell just s- jumps on the bed, stares at me until I lift up the duvet and then he tunnels <laughs> onto me. I'm sorry, people might find that disgusting that I let my dog sleep with me, but I change my bedding regularly and he's a very clean dog and um, I don't care. I love him and he sleeps on my bed. Let, let, let me ask you that, Claire, actually. Is, is that a bad thing to do or a good thing to do or is it just a subjective thing? Yeah, I think it's subjective. I think it's personal to, to the family and the individual involved. The big thing that I would say is, generally speaking, it don't cause huge amounts of problems. Um, it's actually a very dog thing to sleep with their family so like for myself I have the three dogs they all sleep together downstairs but if I would have one dog maybe it would be different maybe I would let it sleep upstairs the problem would come for me if it was causing an issue with any guarding behavior for the dog for example if you were in bed there and like your partner or children would come in the room and the dog is growling or he's trying to he won't get off the bed when you ask him and things like that then if it's causing that issue then I would not recommend doing it. But if it isn't causing a problem, then it's a personal thing, isn't it? So next question is, what the heck are zoomies? I'm assuming that you know the terminology zoomies. (laughs) What are they doing? So zoomies are like, so you're going to imagine the dog is in a highly excited state um, and he's got like he took his tail under took his bum under and he's running so like he's like the back end's nearly overtaking the front end yeah. he, ears, ears everywhere tongue yeah. flailing out eyes big yeah that's <laughs> that's zoomies <laughs> um we see it really there's a couple of reasons one is generally uh, this is awesome and i'm excited and i'm zooming yeah so you know mine sometimes would do it on a walk they're like this is just the best day ever. And they're zooming around. The bigger reason, particularly in younger puppies that we see it, it's as a bit of an um, outlet for I was stressed by that. So we see it more frequently when young dogs come back from a walk. So we're first starting to walk puppy and we, we take him out, we walk him around. All that sniffing, all that stimulation, seeing people, seeing dogs, seeing cars, doing training on the walk, all of those things, they're all like a little bit of stress for the dog and and it's hard work. And then he comes back in the house and he's like, oh, I'm home. And all of that kind of stress and that kind of emotion, just he runs it off, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So it's the relief. So I'm back in my safe place. Yay! And zoom zoom home basically yeah, yeah. and we we often see it as well in young dogs that sort of later evening behavior so mm. people would say like oh you know between seven and eight my puppy's a nightmare and it's zooming up and down and mm-hmm. mouthing more and things so again puppies get into the thought process that if they would do that and then they calm so they're using it as a way of calming down right. so that i'd be more anxious to avoid than the other types of zoomie so i wouldn't want to be avoiding zoomies on a walk really at all because the dog's having fun but then like where it's where the dog is using it as a way to calm then we want to look at stepping in before then before he's so overstimulated um and trying to relax him a little bit so he's not using that as a as a way of helping him get to sleep okay so why why is that a bad thing just because they're sort of overstimulating themselves to make themselves awake at 
sleepy time when they should be going to bed. It's for their well-being in terms of if he's if he's having to do that every night, then you're going to end up with an adult dog who can't relax properly. Right. So, you. You, you know, you want to just dial that down a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it's a form of play. You would, <laughs> you'll often find if you're playing with the dog and you, like, if you tap a dog on the hips, like, boop him a little bit on the hips yeah. as he runs, but they'll start running up and down past you and having zoomies and things. So it can be a fun thing, but it's just one to watch in younger dogs. Right. Okay, great. Okay, here's a good one. Why does my puppy bark at the postman? <laughs> Space invasion. Yeah. Right. So postman turns up every day and he has the absolute audacity to walk down the driveway. How dare he? Invade my home, post these letter letters through the box. And then when I scream and back at him, he leaves and I did a great job. And then he's got the cheek to come back again the next day. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it depends on the layout of where you live, but some dogs they can see like the people walking past. Yeah. And you often see similar behaviour. So I see the person coming into view. I stand in that chair in the window and I bark. The person goes out of view, one nil dog. Okay, on another sort of not aggressive, but it's a it's a I don't know if this is an anxiety issue or what, or it depends whether what they've just eaten. But here's a here's quite a, a generic question, but I'm sure there's a few reasons you can explain for why does my puppy lick their lips so when you're looking at something like this you're getting into the realms of doggy body language yeah but dog body language is very contextual so the dog could lick his lips because i'm standing there with a treat and he's drooling and he wants the treat yeah he could lick his lips because he's a wee bit stressed in a situation he certainly could lick his lips for body language to another dog. And it, it's kind of a leave me alone now type okay, body language. So it is. It's a little bit, I'm stressed, I don't want you near me. Mm, yeah, so that's the thing with that. It, it's The context is everything in body language, really. So, so a good example would be, right, a dog is laying with a toy and it's yeah. chewing the toy and the other dog comes along and it wants the toy. The dog yeah. that's got the toy if he wants to keep it, his first part of call might be to do a bit of a yawn, turn his head away a bit, lick his lips. Please leave me alone with my toy. It's quite powerful body language. It's subtle, yeah. but but dog body language should be subtle, really. Yeah. But like I say, I could also be stood there with some treats doing training and the dog could be like, give me the food, give me the food. Okay, you, you kind of touched upon this a little bit earlier. Why does my puppy keep climbing onto the sofa even when I've told them no? Because as humans, we tell the dog no and we think, well, therefore, that's it. I told him no. But actually, you know, we're human. That's a dog. It's got no concept to this. Yeah. It doesn't know no. And you can point your finger and have confrontational body language all you like. The dog's just looking at you like, don't get it. So you need to teach the dog things. This is the thing. So think about it differently. So we teach the dog to sit. And he puts his bum on the floor, we give him a treat. So we teach him something that we want him to do. Yeah. But but then with an unwanted behaviour, we go straight to, how can I tell you off? Yeah. But the dog, you can't put discipline where you don't have understanding. No, so, you've got that positive reinforcement, haven't you, really? Mm, so the dog says, the people are on the sofa. I've been up there and it's comfortable. Yeah. I, I can hang out with my humans. It's nice. Yeah. Therefore, I want to go up there. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Like, that's as simple as it is. The dogs like it because it's comfy. My little lurcher, she sleeps on the sofa. She do not want to know about a dog bed. 
she sleeps on yeah, the sofa yeah, she's like yeah. don't try and fob me off with the bed when yeah. I could actually be on this comfy sofa so yeah, next to you you know so dogs understand this so it's comfy it's warm it's near my people now if you don't want the dog on the sofa this is like dogs on the bed that's up to you that's no problem but you have to teach it this so you yeah. have to my preference if I didn't want that from one of the dogs would be that I would teach him to go to their bed um and reward them for it so on your mat good dog and and then therefore I've got something else to tell them to do because what happens is in this scenario you're going to be sat the dog's going to get up you're going to put it down it's going to be still standing there looking at you it's going to try and get up again you're going to push it down and this is going to go on for half an hour and then puppy's going to be getting cross he's going to be grabbing and biting everything's getting all frustrated and out of hand whereas yeah. if you put the bed at your feet and say to him hey you know you're going to go in your bed here's something to chew while you're in there here's a couple of treats or whatever and teaching that problem solved it's easier for the dog so it's not appropriate to just get into that battle with the dog like that the other thing is as well what i would say is really key in puppies you need to make this decision really when you bring the puppy first in the home or even before do you or don't you want him upstairs on the bed on the sofa because if you set that out and then stick to it then what's going to happen is it's much much easier where you say to the dog oh yeah you know you can come up for the first couple of months and we've changed our mind now and now you yeah. can't you have to go on the floor yeah it's it's doable but it's much much harder because the dog knows what he's missing out on if he never knows then he never knows that's it okay so i think you kind of this might be the same answer as the one about um jumping on the sofa but how do i stop my puppy from jumping up yeah so two big things first of all you got to get puppy with all four feet on the floor and rewarding that behavior so right. don't i don't even stress about sit i'm not bothered in a young puppy so feet on the floor throw a piece of food down move right. around a bit he jumps up move out the way feet on the floor piece of food so all the good stuff's coming on the floor keep your feet on the floor that's the first thing the second thing is the controlling of other people so here's what happens with jumping up puppy wants to see human human wants to see puppy human doesn't bend down to see puppy human stands up really tall puppy climbs up their legs human touches puppy puppy's rewarded for jumping up simple it's as that, that simple yeah brilliant <laughs> So when you say to people, please don't let my puppy jump on you or variations of this, they often they don't want to listen because yep. that's they're too busy looking at the puppy. Yeah, so, so most people go, oh, don't worry, it's fine. You know, I don't mind him jumping up. I like dogs. Yeah, but yeah, you're not helping. <laughs> so you have to manage that situation. So however you do that is up to you. That's, again, we're back to personal I'm, I don't know, I'm quite strict with mine when they're little. And I would say to people, please don't touch the dog, like, while it's jumping up. And then I will manage my dog so that it's not in a position to do that. It's hard, I get that. But I think if you genuinely want to get on top of that, dealing with the other people is the most important part of it, actually. The dog can totally start to understand from a very young age, if I keep my feet on the ground, I get human attention. Like it's not hard for the dog to get, but again, you're back to inconsistency. If 50% of the time the dog can jump on somebody and get a, a, a fuss and some attention, then he's almost definitely going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess in your job, you are, you're not just training the puppy, you're, you're training the owners as well, aren't you? 
Yeah, I think so. I think there's in my job, there's there's arguably more people training than dog training, depending on what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah, sometimes sometimes puppies are quicker learners than us humans. Let's face it. Okay, next question, Claire. Why does my puppy take food out of his bowl and then go into the other room to eat it? So it could be centered around them wanting to eat near the family maybe could be you know i want to be feel a bit safe coming here with this i've seen some puppies do this but they're not eating the food in the other room they're burying it you know under the rug or something like that well this is important and i'm going to hide it for later one of the things that we see is that puppies can often find it just super boring to get all their food in the bowl so sometimes like scatter feeding or using the food for training or putting it in like a puzzle toy or something is much more enticing and exciting for the dog so maybe look at something like that okay why does my puppy bark at another dog with his head held high so okay well if he's got his head up he's probably got his tail up as well i guess so again you're back to that contextual body language that potentially in a young dog is a little bit of i'm going to say apprehension so who are you who are you what are you what's going on what's happening i'm a bit worried it's kind of that kind of bat not really aggressive but more sort of i'm here you're there what's going on is that all right are we okay are we cool yeah so if you think about that body language the dog is upright so it's not quite confrontational but not far off but he isn't what we're saying is i think that he's not lunging and and driving forward so to me that dog it sounds like he's standing there looking so he's trying to yeah. process what things are. So he probably doesn't only do it to dogs. He probably does it to other things when he doesn't know what they are. Right. It's to stand and let me look and let me process. And I'm just going to let out some little woofs just so that you know, don't come too near me because I'm a bit unsure. Yeah, I'm still trying to work it out. Give me a minute. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then uh, this is quite relative. So why does my puppy bark at another dog with his ears pressed to his head? And his tail tucked in and his eyes darting from side to side. I guess that's the opposite of what you just said. Total opposite. So that puppy is worried. Worried, worried. Don't like where this is leading. Don't like what's happening to me. I'm worried by the other dog. It's getting in my space. It's getting too close. My eyes are darting. I'm looking for an exit route. Let me out of here. So if that's your puppy on a walk you need to be making a lot more space from dogs and not flooding him with meeting other dogs okay. because it's basically going to make that problem worse. So he needs more space and more reinforcement around that dog's just over there, it's fine. It's just over there, it's not coming over here, don't worry, these things. So, yeah, always think about behaviour, that there's an emotion that's linked with it. So the emotion drives the behaviour so the dog is worried he looks like that the dog is um excited he looks a different way do you see so but yeah. that's a that's a worried emotion yeah you've got to learn the signs so eyes darting ears flat tail tucked under is a defensive nervous worried action mm-hmm. there's tail yes. high ears up high that's more curious I'm confident, um, potentially happy, wants to play, or I'm just sort of sussing out a situation and I'm not nervous, but just give me my space bit anyway until I decide to tell you what I'm actually doing. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> okay so there's, there's two other questions here that relate to that what i think you've covered so why does my puppy put his tail between his legs and why does my puppy set his tail bow upright so tail is a really good reader for body language it, it you will get a lot of information through dog's tail so what the first thing you need to know when my dog is totally fine with everything what's tail what's happening with tail and what is his sort of standard wag? <laughs> so yeah. when we're when we're just happy at life and we're on our walk or whatever, sniffing about, the wag is usually sort of midway, just normal, slow side to side. Then what we've got, we've got then, so if you imagine the tail kind of halfway, anything downward of that is probably a dropping in emotion. So I'm, I'm getting worried, I'm getting scared, I'm getting unhappy. And then anything that's going up from that is arousal. So I'm getting excited, I'm getting worried, but in a dog that's more forward about his worry, so a dog that isn't going to run away, I'm going to stand and make a problem. That tail's really high, really high, like, mm. and very like stiff kind of wagging like yeah. da, 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 rather yeah. than bit more so, of a bring it on bring it on yeah so and you know all different breeds have different tail sets so i've got two belgium shepherds and their natural normal tail set is really high they carry their tails like really up like aerials you know yeah so they you know they can look a little bit formidable even though they're not just because of the set of the tail so it's an important thing to know your own dog and and his tail set and how he would use it why does my puppy lick me well <laughs> so some puppies lick you again there are varying reasons some like the salt that's on the top of our skin so sometimes say say you've been to the gym and you've come back and you're more sweaty than normal like that yeah. can be a joy to puppies <laughs> so, I know, yeah. some would like um if you use a particular moisturizer they're like "Woo, nice let me have a bit of that uh, like grooming grooming behaviors bit of mutual grooming happening so one of mine there when i groom her with the brush she like would try to lick me in the arm while i'm grooming her so oh. like, it's very weird to me but if she does it's a nice thing um the thing to watch with licking is if it's excessive so the dog should not be a little bit of licking is normal unfortunately if you live with a dog like you, i discourage it a bit but if if you're stroking them and having a bit of a cuddle sometimes they will lick a little bit that's normal and then we also see it extending to i'm not just licking the human i'm going to lick i've seen dogs like with the carpet or the sofa things like that really licking so excessive licking is often a sign of like a digestive issue or something like that. But I mean, it has to be really quite excessive for it to be that. So a little bit is normal and probably just a nice thing from the dog's part. But sort of more than that, if he can't interrupt it and the dog's doing it ever such a lot and doing it every day, then I maybe would get that checked out. Okay, yeah, go to your vet just to make sure. Why does my puppy dig fast and furiously in the dirt or even in the bed sheets? I'm assuming that the dirt isn't on the bed sheets. They mean sort of digging <laughs> furiously in the garden or in the bed sheets. Buddy does that. My Jack Russell does that. He'll jump up and then he'll start digging a hole until I tell him off because um, I don't want my duvet cover destroyed. <laughs> so here's the bottom line. Digging is a behavioural need and outlet for some dogs. This is very blanket, but in general. So terrier breeds love to dig. So terrier, terror means earth. Yeah. So it's an earth dog. So it's 
it's genetically designed to dig. That's what we, you know, we made these dogs into what they are. So terriers love to dig, but very often some of the spaniels like to dig. Cocker spaniels like to dig. So by default, cockapoos often love to dig. There are lots of different breeds, really, that enjoy digging. Um, my border collie enjoyed digging and um, one of my shepherds loves to dig. She loves, you know, she would dig a hole all day. So if it's a need for the dog, like a, yeah, you, you've got to do that. Create the dog a space where it can go and have the outlet. Because what happens is if the dog would, if you suppress that behavior all the time and don't allow it, then the dog will still do it. It'll just do it when you're not there. So this is the dog that isn't allowed to dig up the garden. And then when you go to work, digs up the carpet because yeah. he's, he needs the outlet. So, yeah, providing outlet is very key. It's a yeah. fun activity. Honestly, dogs that dig generally enjoy it. Like, it's it, when I watch mine doing it, it's fun. They're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love watching Buddy dig because they look so cute when they're doing it as well. And you can tell that they're just so happy when they're doing it. Okay, so why does my puppy shake toys back and forth in his mouth? <laughs> okay, so part of play. Yeah. Part of, um, if you think, again, this could also be a little bit breed specific, but not as much. It's prey, isn't it? It's moving. It's alive. If I shake it around, it's alive. When I hold it still, it's boring. So, you know, I, I played with this. I, I sniffed it out. I hunted it. I found it. I've killed it. Like, it's, it, it's, a, it's part of the fun. Yeah. And the other thing as well is the way that we play with dogs. We play a lot of tug and things like that. That, you know, that behavior is fun. So they're generally pretty, pretty enjoying it. Yeah. Again, this this is a bit of a bit of a generic question. So it could be multi multiple meanings for why this happens or maybe not. You tell me, why does my puppy keep her hair on her back standing on end? This is hackles. Yeah. So that's yeah. what they're called. So hackles run like across the back of the shoulders and then like down their neck, across their back. They can, they've got the ability to go up their tail as well to a certain degree. Hackles basically, so there's a lot of misinformation. So people often think the dog is displaying only aggression when you see the hackles. What they're actually displaying is arousal. Right. So you do see hackles in puppies a reasonable amount because it could be what's that smell? So they've smelt something that's made an emotional response and now the hackles are up because they don't know what it is. It can be centred in aggression. So I don't like the other dog and I'm going to eyeball it and put my hair up. And... Oh, is that yours coming in? Yeah, funnily enough, that's the post person that's just ah. arrived. <laughs> As per our earlier uh, conversation, no, we have an outside post box for this eventuality. Ah, <laughs> clever. <laughs> so it can be uh, an aggressive gesture. So look, I'm big, I'm bigger than you and I'm staring and I've got all my hair up and my tail up and I'm bigger. Yeah. Um, but it, it, a lot of the time it's arousal. Dogs in play sometimes put their hackles up because they're overly excited and this is awesome. You're yeah. a new dog, what's going on, these yeah. things. So, yeah, think of it more as an arousal thing. Okay, so next question is... These have got a bit of a theme now, Claire. We're coming to the end of the session, but uh, I need to include these. There's always a little bit of poo and wee. So, first one. Why does my puppy pour and scrape the ground after going to the toilet? <laughs> okay, so that behaviour is called marking up and it's um, it's around scenting. So it's a scenting behaviour. So the dog's got scent, little scent glands, bottom of his feet, 
And what what he's doing basically is he's kicking up his scent, isn't he? Where he's just had a wee, let's say, and higher and bigger than everybody else. So he's basically saying, I did this. Yeah, it's it's not exclusively male dogs, but it's more often than not male dogs okay. that would do it. Yeah. So um, my uh, my male dog does it now and again, not all the time. So he would he would like cock his leg and then he'll he'll mark up like I'm bigger than whoever it was that was here before. Right. Got you. OK, so um, the next question, uh, this is a wee wee question. Why does my puppy sniff around forever before urinating? So they're trying to find the best spot to do it. Now, again, dog dependent. Some dogs are very particular about where they'll go to the bathroom. Some don't care. So, yeah. um, And the younger that they are, um, I guess the more difficult it is because they're going to sniff. But what they're going to sniff is uh, maybe other dogs that were on the walk, for example, or other dogs that have um, toileted there. So if they would toilet over that, they're basically scent marking over an adult dog potentially, and they don't want to. So very often if you're struggling with toileting, taking puppy to somewhere that's a lot less scented is a lot easier because they're not stressed about weeing over, you know, next door's four-year-old dog's wee or something like that. Got you. Got you. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Okay, uh, another disgusting one. <laughs> now, I did ask this one to Sam as well, uh, Dr. Sam the vet, but she actually suggested that I ask you this as well, just in case there's any other behavioural stuff that you can add to it. So why does my puppy roll around in disgusting stuff, including muddy mess, poo and carcasses? Ah, tell me about it. <laughs> it's, again, we're back to scent, aren't we? And, I mean... Some dogs are really bad for this, you know. Some dogs are like running away and rolling in a cow pat or, or whatever like that. It's it it's to do with scent and some dogs never do it. So my my male dog, for example, is never rolled in anything. It'd be horrified. Blimey, you're lucky. Yeah, the, but I've got another two dogs, don't forget. So oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm only lucky once. The other two do it. The lurcher will do it. Like if she, So she's sniffing around, and if she smells something that's particularly... Stinky. ...important, maybe, then <laughs> she won't think twice about rolling in it. It's not always poo. It could just be scent. Yeah, same with my dog as well. Fox yeah. Really horrible one, but, yeah, it's also the fox scent as well. Okay, finally... Claire, we've got one more question uh, before I let you go, and it's a goodie. Why does my puppy sniff other dogs' bottoms? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this as a behaviour is actually a really important behaviour for dogs. Okay, but the, it's problematic because for us as humans, it's appalling, isn't it? We're horrified by it. Yeah. So it cr causes a problem. So. The dog does it because dogs have got scent glands located under their tail. Mm -hmm. And the the information that those scent glands provide to other dogs is such a huge amount of information. So when dogs greet each other, they would be imagine nose to bum and they would make a circle. So they yeah. circle each other while they're sniffing. What's actually happening is all that information from that scent is flying through their brain and they're finding information so they can find out, just for example, how old the other dog is. They wow. can find, yeah, they can find out um, even down to like the physical ability of the dog, the the, the mental 
um, stability of the dog. So, for example, in puppies, things like this are very important because they sniff the other dog. And what they're trying to work out is, am I safe around this dog? Yes. Is everything okay? Um, whether the dog is male, whether it's female, whether it's neutered, whether it's not. So all of these things are happening. And the circular greeting is what we sort of strive for in good body language because as they do that, if they process some information that says, take good, get out of here, they can leave easily rather than being face-to-face and not being able to. So preventing nose-to-bum sniffing, oh, that's disgusting, don't do that, get your head out of there, actually can create a problem with with dogs and how they can greet so some dogs are a bit rude with it <laughs> so some so some male dogs are a bit, you know pushy and a bit rude and you might want to monitor it but yeah. in general it is it's actually really important for dogs to do in the correct greeting wow well that's the fascinating for what i thought was me asking a flippant question has actually turned into a blinder with loads <laughs> of information important information to end this episode on that's great Thank you so much, Claire, again, um, and I hope to speak to you soon. An amazing amount of advice there. And if you've got a question for Claire, she's um, a regular visitor on the Pets at Homes, the Wagging Tail Facebook group, where um, like-minded puppy owners such as you guys out there can um, get in and chat to our experts such as Claire North and um, some of the vets from Vets for Pets and some of our other experts and answering all your questions that maybe we haven't had time to cover here. So get on there. It's a really lovely community to get involved with. And uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can upload your pictures there where our um, handle is Pets at Home UK. And on Twitter, we are Pets at Home. So yeah, really, really thank you, Claire, again, for taking the time to join me on the Puppy Podcast. And if people want to know more about your training courses and advice and expertise where can they go yeah so we are very contactable so we are www.northk9.co.uk you can also find us on facebook north k9 training you can find us also on instagram at north k9 training thanks mate if you're not already a member then why not join the Pets at Home VIP Puppy and Kitten Club? You can join the club via the Pets at Home app, which is free to download. And by doing so, you and your very important pet will join millions of other pet owners getting expert advice through their puppy or kitten's first year. You'll get loads of advice and tips. You'll also get 10% off your first shot. Plus, every swipe of your VIP card raises funds for an animal charity of your choice. And we'll also send you quarterly updates to let you know how much you've raised. And to date, members have helped raise over £10 million for pets in need. So what's not to like about that, eh? And also, if you're a fan of Facebook, why not join the Wagging Tail group, where you can receive even more great puppy advice and share stories with like-minded puppy owners. And finally, if you have a puppy-related question that you'd like to put to one of our panel, please email it to puppypodcast at petsathome.co.uk. You can find us on Instagram where our tag is at Pets at Home UK. And on Twitter, we are at Pets at Home. And if you've enjoyed this episode, why not like and subscribe and share it with your puppy-owning friends? I hope you can join us next episode. Bye!